And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. You can find us on KFOR Twitter, Facebook, and KFOR Sports' Facebook, the Hale Varsity Twitter handle at HVarsity Radio. Follow that. And as always, the Hale Varsity YouTube can check out all the interviews from the coaches session today with Coach Campbell, Coach Dvorak, and of course, course uh, Coach Riola. We welcome in historian, author, Hall of Famer, Mr. Husker Football, Mike Babcock with us at MD Babs on Twitter. Babbers, how much ice do you have on your driveway, bud? <laughs> A lot of ice. I, you know, I almost turned around and came home when I was heading down to the baseball availability. It was so bad. So I, I don't handle ice very well. Really? Uh, see, North Lincoln not was... At all. North Lincoln, whenever I was leaving for, for here today, I had no issues. Well, I need to move north, apparently, because uh, mm. it was a little little glazy, too glazy for me. Babbers, we'll get into football in a minute. What uh, are some takeaways with Coach Bolt after a tough weekend? What what did Will have to say? Well, it, you know, I think, you know, the obvious thing is that there's a lot of baseball games to be played, and you can't, you can't uh, set what's going to happen based on what happened the first weekend. Um, he, he, he felt like there were some obvious positives in the last couple of games offensively. Um, and, you know, that was, that was the, probably the big takeaway uh, from the weekend. If you look at it, the way Nebraska played offensively, and again, particularly in those last two games, um, you feel like you're going to win a couple of games in that situation. But when your pitching staff walks 20 and hits 10, and gives up that many free passes, um, you're probably going to have some issues. And uh, Nebraska did. And that was one of the things that, that he mentioned, that he didn't think that the pitchers uh, competed. The, the really pitchers in particular didn't compete the way they should have. Um, that's something that you can uh, overcome. And, uh, I, you know, I still think that there's reason for optimism, regardless of what happened there, um, because of that. You know, it, it's um, I expected more out of the pitching staff because last year I, I felt like the, the pitching held up pretty well and they've got some guys back from that. Um, it's going to be the same uh, starting rotation uh, at, at South Alabama. Um, so we'll see how they rebound from that standpoint. But you look at the you look at it again. It's just you can't give away those free passes the way Nebraska did. And on top of that, Nebraska, you know, the pitching staff walked 20. Nebraska drew 18 walks, almost as many walks. And Nebraska had almost as many guys hit by pitches, eight. Um, so it had that going for it. Um, and Nebraska hit over 300 for the series. So there are things, takeaway, uh, takeaways that you, you can look at and say, well, here's a reason for optimism. And again, four games in. It's, it's difficult to say what uh, that necessarily going to affect what happens after. Well, Mike, when you look back at, at opening weekend, I think the starting pitching was good enough to win you some baseball games this year. I think those guys are going to start going deeper into games as the year goes on and their, their arms get ready for the rigors of a season. I think the, the hitting did well enough to win you some games. It was really that, that bullpen that caused you issues, and you kind of hit on the reasons why, but were you surprised with that performance, just with the kind of experience Nebraska has in their bullpen this year. You have some former starters in the bullpen, Shea Shannon and Kyle Perry, guys that have pitched a lot of baseball games for Nebraska in the bullpen, yet those are the guys that struggled the most, it felt like, 
this weekend. So were you surprised by that? I've been told by people that know baseball a hell of a lot more than me that making the switch from a starting pitcher to the bullpen is a lot harder than it would seem. But were you surprised that those guys were the guys that really let the team down this weekend? Um, yeah, I was surprised that those guys were for the, for the reasons that you mentioned. Um, but I think that there is probably some transition from starting pitcher to bullpen that uh, that I don't understand um, that maybe you're seeing there that, that maybe that they weren't as focused as they needed to be on what immediately had to happen because um, when you're a starting pitcher, there's a little bit of, of a bigger picture that you're that you're looking at. As a reliever, you have to be very focused on that one batter. You might only face one batter. Who knows um, what the situation is? And uh, that was the thing that uh, surprised me, that the relief pitching was not what I thought it was going to be. And you're right. They, they did get some good starts out of it. I think all three of the starters won at least five innings. Um, and for a first weekend, um, I think that's, uh, you know, you you feel like you've accomplished what you need to accomplish with those guys. But then the relief pitching kind of let them down, I think. Mike Babcock is with us from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine at MD Babs on Twitter is where you follow Mike. Mike, going to go to football now and some media availability today uh, as uh, Coach Campbell available, strength and conditioning, a chance to, to meet and greet. Of course, Dvorak, the linebackers coach, and uh, Coach Riola, the feel with the, the two position coaches, Babbers, is they're still sorting things out. Um, Riola excited to be back and excited to to give those guys a second voice. What'd you take away from Coach Riola uh, specifically? Uh, other, I mean, my main takeaway is that they're still kind of uh, looking to find their best five even before they get to the pads point here this spring. Well, you know, I thought it was interesting that he that he talked about uh, how all of the offensive linemen are going to be tried at, you know, see some time at center, some tackle, some guard, whatever, moving guys around. And, and uh, um, you know, I, I don't think Coach Riola is, is real enamored with uh, talking to the media, for one thing. Um, there yeah. were some short answers that he provided there. But, you know, the thing about it is now he, he's in his second year, so he has some – experience with the guys that are coming back plus the fact that i think that uh, you know they feel pretty good about the guys that they're bringing in um so it's just how how do those guys mesh and and where are they going to fit when it comes time to play uh in the fall and i think that's going to be an important spring for things to shake out you know a guy like turner corcoran is he going to be a guard is he going to be a tackle where, is, where are things going to shake out? Even though he might be able to play other positions, where, where is he, his focus going to be? We're probably going to find that out at the end of the spring. And that seemed to be the message that we we're getting from, from Coach Royola was, this is what we're going to find out in the spring, where these guys fit. Well, you've seen Turner on each outside spot at tackle. You've seen him at guard. He even was mentioned at center today. I mean, they may, to your yeah. point, they're going to look at look at everybody. You've got options. Presumably, it's going to be Scott's job to lose at center, but that's not even in pencil yet. I hear there's some real good tight ends that have some great prospects at center this year, Smitty. I yeah, can't, he's, I he's can't. in Philly. Uh, <laughs> he's in Philly. Uh, Piper's, you know, a guy that he mentioned as well. I mean, I don't care who they find, but 
if I'm a Nebraska fan, find me seven or eight that can do it. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. And, it, and when you look at center, I think when you come out of the spring, you're probably going to have a pretty good idea of who that center is going to be. And center is not a position where you're going to shuffle guys in and out. I mean, that, that's it. pretty much, uh, unless there's an injury or something, um, whoever emerges as the starting center is the center. Mm-hmm. But with tackle and guard, you've got to have guys that you take in there, I think. Um, guys that have experience um, when things matter um, and and that can play um, either side um, as a backup. You know, ideally, I guess you'd have uh, uh, four guards and four tackles, but I think at least at minimum three uh, guards, three tackles. And you'll probably find that by the end of the spring. You hope that you will, although you got a guy like uh, Prohaska that's uh, – He's hurt and is, is going to be limited in the spring. He's not going to – I don't even know if he's going to be able to practice. Um, and he's still recovering. So mm-hmm. um, there's going to be uh, situations like that. But I think they'll have an idea of how they want to line up uh, and who are going to be the top backups by the end of spring. Uh, and you've got to have some of those guys. When you say top backups, it's a guy that you can put in there that, that has had experience when it matters. You know, you just don't wait till you – uh, hopefully get a big lead, and then you put them in. You put them in when, when the game is in doubt. Mike, one of the things we talked about yesterday on the show was the fact that we're unsure how much we're going to learn about this offensive line in the spring because a lot of times whenever it's a new coaching staff coming in, that defense is going to be ahead of the offense, and by the time you get to the spring game, you're going to be letting that offense run some things in order to, to get some experience going full speed against a defense where the defense is going to be kind of base. We're not going to learn all that much. But do you think the offensive line gets a leg up in that sense because they're the only position group that has a, a returning position coach this year with Don Varela coming back for his second season? He already has some notion of what he has in that room. Yeah, well, that's a little bit of an advantage, I think. And, and, and you look at the defense now, in, in this case, you're looking at a whole a different defensive system, um, which I thought it was interesting, um, the response to the question, you know, what kind of defense? Chaos. You know, uh, I thought that was a good answer. But um, uh, defense is going to be learning a new system uh, in, as well. So maybe the offensive line will have a little bit of an opportunity to be a little bit ahead of where it would have been had those guys been in the same defense and were coming back to the same board, you know, uh, um, which they're not. Mike Babcock is with his Babbers. Before we get out of here, uh, how about the run Fred and Nebraska's been on? Uh, what's, uh, what's been most enjoyable for you uh, as you look at this uh, win streak? And Babbers is going Han Solo here for us. Well, I'm probably like everyone. Oh, there we go. We got you. We had him. We had him. All right, three, two, one, Babbers. You're, you're up, bud. There. We got you now. And he's gone. <laughs> he was going to say. He so was, funny. He was just about to say something, and his screen goes black, and, and he's and, gone. And, and Babbers <laughs> is going to be like, you know, that was going to be so incredibly important. It was going to be profound. 
on the air. It's rare whenever the video doesn't crap out on us, but the audio does. That doesn't happen very much whenever we're bringing people on with the stream. Mm-hmm. You can see Mike. You can see the wheels turn. You can see him about to prepare an answer, and then boom, the screen goes dark. <laughs> right now, Babbers is the kindest, best guy ever. And, and right now, he probably reached into his second desk drawer where there's a hammer. <laughs> And and he's gonna he's gonna swing away. Babbers was gonna say, I'm gonna just say, it just went out. He just texted me. It just went out. Uh, we're just gonna put words in Babbers' mouth. I think he's enjoying Kisei Tomonaga. Oh, 100. percent I think I think Babbers is is probably rocking a a Kisei jersey, and he's hoping that Golden State gives Tomonaga a jersey. Or just draft him. <laughs> That's what I mean. Okay, okay. That's what I meant. I thought you meant like gift him a Steph Curry jersey. No, That's... no, I'm, I'm saying get him, a, <laughs> get him a jersey. Yeehaw. Okay, we'll uh, talk a little golf. Mike uh, Shuhart's on the way.